What's up, everybody? Episode one of the Pin Guys is here one week ahead of OSU baseball season beginning down in Arlington. Braden Bush to my left. I'm the host, Ben Hutchins, Daniel Allen, and Davis Cordova round out our baseball beat for this episode of the Pin Guys. How are we doing, everybody? Not too bad. How about you guys? I'm doing fantastic today. Oh, sorry. I was asleep. I'm awake. Spring training's right around the corner for, for the MLB and... I'm actually really excited to be on the baseball beat with you guys, so uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be awakened with, for my uh, baseball knowledge, it's which is good. which is minimal at the moment. Well, you uh, know what? That's what we're here for, Davis. That's what the pin guys do is we <laughs> we educate, you know, everybody about OSU baseball because we're writers. You know, the pin, the pin. I think now we're mostly writing on MacBooks and iPads and stuff, but we are happy to be back previewing OSU's baseball season with this first episode. Guys, we're going to run through the Big 12 baseball preseason poll. We're going to go large picture and then smaller picture. Starting off, TCU, number one team out of the baseball Big 12 preseason poll with five first place votes. Oklahoma State, second with four first place votes. Those are the only two teams to receive those first place votes. After OSU, it's Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas State, Kansas, and Baylor. So, We'll dig into this uh, Big 12 preseason poll a little bit. Guys, how do you feel? you feel like that's about right? OSU coming in at number two in the Big 12? I think it's, uh, I, I mean, definitely top three, top two or top three. Um, you know, TCU returns a good amount of production from last year. Um, most notably, Braden Taylor, you know, an All-American catcher, obviously, or third baseman slash catcher. Um, <clears throat> you know, Oklahoma State, or the Big 12 as a whole lost a lot of production, though. Um, you know, most notably, OSU, Texas, and OU were top 10, and obviously players drafted and uh, sent a lot of major league talent um, into last year. But you know, Oklahoma State has a new new look roster, and I think there's uncertainty that lies within the pitching rotation. But at the same time, they brought in a lot of guys, a lot of arms. Uh, Jerron Watts Brown from Long Beach State, Jansen Kiesel, um, who could throw a 96 mile an hour fastball like it looked like with ease yeah. uh, in the fall so and they got some big time freshmen like uh brendan phillips some juco guys that can come out and help with experience um i think in terms of pitching that's going to be OSU's. um i, I don't want to say strong suit but definitely one of its assets and then obviously the returning offense heading into this year i think second top two definitely is about right for osu top two in the big 12 baseball preseason poll do you buy do you put any stock in the fact that TCU received five first place votes and OSU received four, I mean, there 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 might be a clear top tier of teams in this Big Twelve. Right. No, I mean, I, you know, I think OSU and uh, TCU are definitely two of the teams to beat. Um, I think Texas is a little, I, I guess, underrated. You know, at the moment, I think that could by far be the best rotation in the Big Twelve, given you know you return turning a former All American and tearing away. You saw what Lucas Gordon could do last year. Um, picked up a really viable asset in David Shaw, or David Shaw from uh, from Rice, but like I said, that could be a good rotation in the Big 12, depending on whether or not OU got a couple bullpen pieces that they're trying to mesh into starters. OU could be a really dangerous team to watch in the Big 12 this year. But in terms of tiers, um, you know, I think OSU and TCU are definitely the clear-cut teams. I think Texas could be uh, in the top three tier. Um, Texas Tech's obviously, you know, with under Tim Todd, Tadlock has a pretty uh long pedigree of you know um making late runs and getting hot at the right time towards the end of the season so 
that's another team to watch out for, obviously. But in terms of tiers, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. There's some interesting, I guess, disagreement when you look at the D1 baseball preseason poll. Right. You know, when it branches out beyond just the scope of the league and the Big 12. Um, OSU slots in at number nine in D1 baseball's initial rankings to begin the season. No Big 12 team. No Big 12 team is ahead of them. You have to go all the way down to 15 to get to the TCU Horn Frogs in D1 baseball. Um, so LSU one, number one in D1. Tennessee, Stanford, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Wake Forest, Florida, Arkansas. One of the teams OSU is going to run into here next week, and then finally Oklahoma State. Do you feel like? Big picture, Daniel. Number nine is about right for this team in terms of you know every single baseball team out there. Well, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be brutally honest. I was pretty surprised when I saw a top ten ranking attached yeah. to OSU's name. Um, you know, I mean, just, they got bounced in the regional last year. I, a lot, a lot of us, a lot of, a lot of incoming players that D1 has some faith in. Yeah, regardless, I mean, of talent. I mean, I when you lose all four, I say all four starters, but. You know, all three primary starters and, you know, quite frankly, all four who were starters at any point last year. Uh, five, actually. Mitchell Stone, too. Uh, you know, you lose uh, Campbell, first round of the Guardians. You lose Trevor Martin to the Rays. You lose Victor Medeiros to the Angels. Bryce Osmond to the Angels. And you lose Mitchell Stone, who medically retired. I mean, I think any time when you, whenever you have a new-look pitching rotation, starting pitching rotation, I, that, I mean, regardless of how talented that room is, I mean, it, it's hard to – pitcher a pitching room has got to have time to mesh together and you know, establish some consistency, some continuity in the room. And um, I think that's going to take time. I think, you know, what, what the teams that OSU is going up against in the college baseball showdowns are going to be a good test and see where this pitching rotation is at. But, I mean, going back to what we were saying, I think, you know, to throw a team like that that lost all of its starters from a season ago in the top ten, I think that's a bit premature to do, to be quite honest. Now they got some talented guys, like we said, um, some guys that we watched in the fall that you know, could really be some big time arms for OSU down the stretch. Whenever you know, the heart of conference play approaches, but you know, in, in terms of preseason standings, I think, it, like I said, it's a bit premature to throw OSU into the top ten. I'm with you, Daniel. I, I think I'm going to have to see OSU earn it before, right. you know, before I, I put them in my top ten. Guys, we're we're about to get into kind of a projected starting lineup. Um, if there's anything else y'all want to say, or we can just jump right into it, Daniel. I don't. Do you have it up? Do we want to talk about, you know, catcher, first base, second base, and just go down the list of the projected starting lineup we just kind of came up with uh, this week? Yeah, I mean, you know, catching wise, um, I guess we'll start out there. Um, you know, it's going to be obviously Chase Chase Atkinson. They got him from uh, uh, San Jacinto, right, junior college, um, and. Uh, you know, we saw him start the year last year as the number one guy, but, you know, Ian Doherty obviously uh, emerged as an offensive weapon for OSU towards the latter part of the season. Um, really got his defense under control, um, established some consistency in terms of, you know, accuracy, throwing to second, throwing to third, uh, checking runners down. And, I mean, uh, I, I think as of right now, I'm going to have to go with Doherty as the number one guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that's a – fair estimate considering how he emerged towards the latter part of the year yeah i think so Ch chase mm -hmm. kind of seemed inconsistent at the plate batting last year too it seemed like they kind of went with e in there late and josh did say when we talked to him josh holiday for media day both guys are gonna play right you know it, mm -hmm. it, it, in injuries catchers you know that happens all the time and stuff um i think we'll definitely see a fair bit of both guys but i i think darty will get the start to begin the year 
What about first get first base? I think Mendham's got the spot. Probably stick with Mendham, yeah. Right. Just experience, just purely off that even. He's so steady of a player. He's right. so consistent, David Mendham. Um, you see it even in his attitude, just like, you know, just consistent, same guy every day. You, you really wouldn't know if he had hit the game-winning home run or had three strikeouts at the plate. He's going to be the same guy. So, yeah, I think they stick at Mendham, first base, Rock Riggio's. Are you sure about Rock Riggio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's automatic exit on the podcast. Uh, Rock, Rock Riggio's got that second base, second base locked out. Right, right. I'm sure same with shortstop with Marcus Brown. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a very solid middle infield. I think it could be. I mean, I know I we talked about pitching rotation rankings in the conference, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that probably in terms of what we saw last year, especially as that group meshed together, I think I think that could be the best middle infield mm-hmm. in the Big 12. No well, doubt. Has a chance to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Riggio really has a chance to take this right. to another level. I, I, I think, you know, we saw a big jump even with Marcus Brown. From his freshman to sophomore year, I think we're going to see that same kind of jump out of Rock this year. Right. This is where things get interesting for everybody, you know, trying to get in their mind. Like, okay, you know, we, these are all the names we've heard before. Um, third base is, is when it changes. Daniel, tell us a little bit about why um, the third base is going to be different this year, we well, think. Well, you know, I, I think uh, whenever we made assumptions, whenever the season concluded last year, I think, you know, the big-time recruit was a draft risk out of high school for OSU, Aiden Miola. Showed signs of being a steady bat for OSU towards the end of last year, but you know we, we heard about this guy Tyler Wolfert, obviously in the heading into the fall before we actually watched OSU scrimmage, um, and then you know first first at bat, grand slam against the Texas Rangers instructional league. Um, you know I, I remember I think it was Nolan that quoted. Uh, I don't think Wolfie's gotten out yet. Um, I, I know uh, he batted 391 last year at a Midland Junior College. Um, and quite honestly, I mean, whenever I watch these guys practice in the fall, I mean, it's they're pretty similar in terms of defensive stability. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for for an additional bat, um, and you know, we'll we'll get into why um, how how it affects the outfield and everything. But I mean, I think when you're looking at an additional bat, some consistency on offense, I think Wolford's a, a a viable asset for OSU at third base. I'm with you. I think he could be another one of those JUCO transfers. To fill in at third base, like Christian Encarnacion Strand did right. a couple years ago. Uh, Marcus Brown, he, he was quoted as saying, you know, Wolf's a freak. I guess that's what they call him, Wolf. Right. Um, so he hit 389 last year, you know, even higher throughout his whole career at right. Midland Junior College with 72 RBIs and 20 home runs. So I think definitely a positive bat. Um, I, I can't speak for his glove, but I don't think Josh Holiday puts a guy out there at third base if he can't, you know, field pretty well. So Tyler Wolford is going to be our prediction for OSU's starting baseman, starting third baseman on opening day. Right. Alrighty. Left field. Another new newcomer. N- Schubert. Nolan Schubert. Um, big kid. Nolan Schubert from Michigan. They talked a lot about him in media day, guys. What do you, what do you think about Nolan Schubert? Yeah, they don't really get a lot of guys from Michigan. What do you know about him, D.A.? <laughs> um, you know... Um, Schubert was a guy who was um, on uh, the USA Baseball under 18 a couple years ago, uh, or a couple, I guess, a year ago. Um, had a really good had a really good summer with them. Um, I, the main thing about Schubert, I mean, I he's got a lot of power, and, and as a, as a freshman, I think um, you know the, you see these big time recruits that um, you know the amount of power he holds as as a freshman, I think it's it's pretty unorthodox and in a good way for OSU. Um, I. I, I <laughs> I remember uh, Nolan saying something at Media Day 
um, was saying, you know, he, he hit a ball the other day, and I don't think it came down. Yeah. Josh went back to uh, back that quote, and um, he, he was a guy who was committed to Michigan before Eric Bakich went to Clemson. You know, he asked for a release of his national letter of intent. Um, Jaya was one of a couple, you know, July, middle or later part of the summer additions that OSU got to his uh, – to its uh, recruiting class, and he was a big draft risk out of high school too. I mean, he's a he's a consistent bat. Um, when you look at freshmen um, who can provide an immediate impact for Oklahoma State, which with the new look roster, it's going to be something that OSU is going to need this year to you know have a successful season. Um, I think Nolan Schubert's going to be definitely one of those guys. And you know, when you look at Trankel leaving, when you look at um, the battle with Jackson Cruel. Jackson Cruel's primarily been used as a pinch runner, mm-hmm. um, and and a defense a defensive glove in the outfield with it, with his speed whenever you need it. But I think when you're you know looking for consistency and someone who can be a day one starter, I think Schubert's going to fill that role, especially with his consistency on offense. It sounds like his bat is going to be a thing that you just can't keep him off the field. No, I, absolutely. His power, his, his threat, guys. I think Nolan Schubert's going to be the guy when you're looking at all the backs of the players standing on the third base line looking at the flag for the national anthem. I think Nolan Schubert's going to be the mm-hmm. guy you're like, okay, so that's uh, Griffin Dorshin. Oh, that's not Dorshin. Nolan Schubert's 6'5", 227 as a freshman. Right. So I'm really excited to see what, you know, he's not only this year, but in a couple years to come when he gets in this program and uh, continues to fill out. Right, right. This is uh, center field, a position we think Zach Earhart is going to have locked down. Earhart, I feel like he's a guy who in each of the seasons here has really gotten more and more playing time, more and more, you know, trusted. And now I think um, this year he's really going to have a chance to just kind of take off with that role. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember towards the end of the last season, whenever Josh was quoted saying, you know, it's like having, it's like having two center fielders out there, um, you know, playing in the outfield. Um, you know, Earhart. I remember Josh telling the story how Earhart, you know, at first was an under the radar guy that OSU kind of um, got on towards the end of that recruiting cycle. Um, then the Red Sox got on him, and scouts started calling Josh and saying, you know, we really like this kid. And he was surprised, but he was taken by the Red Sox, um, ended up signing with OSU. And, like, I mean, I, I remember we wrote a couple stories on him. Earhard was um, one of those small ball guys that get overlooked in baseball. Um, but, you know, in the end, he provides consistency on offense, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do. Um, I know Braden wrote a story on him last year. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys. I mean, you had Thompson and Dorshing. But he was second on the team in batting average, right? Three thirty-two led the team in steals. You know, he's one of those guys. I think he had like a twenty-three game stretch where he got on base every game. You know, so he's just one of those guys, kind of like you said, he plays good defense. But he's kind of one of those guys that uh, you need in the lineup. He can just get on base. You know, right? Especially losing all the guys they did last year at the bat. Right. He, he yeah he provides a a veteran presence in the outfield or at least a mature presence. He's only a sophomore, but I think a mature presence in the outfield. Um, right field. Nolan McLean, guys, we we had to put Nolan McLean in the starting lineup. We were trying to figure out exactly where because he's listed as a pitcher slash infielder slash outfielder. Nolan McLean has a lot of different areas he can play. Um, so why do we put Nolan McLean on right field, Daniel? Well, I, I think just simply due to the roster shakeup. You know, like I was saying, we'd get into it later. Um, you know, I, I guess touch on it now. Um, when you when you when you want to add consistency on offense and another bat for OSU, you got to put Wolfer at third. Um, like I said, Wolfer was pretty good defensively, um, you know, in the fall for Oklahoma State, and um, 
you know, and McLean has a big timeline. I think that almost goes without saying. That's some that's something you gotta um, input input out in right field, um, a position you need a big time arm for. Um, and then you know, obviously, uh, whenever Nolan McLean's bat is hot, it's it's working good for the team that he's on. And um, I think whenever you, like I said, it, just in terms of offense, I think if you want additional production, I think you you put you add Wolfert at third base, and then you put McLean out in right field. We saw him start the year out in right field last year, but. You know, that was due to the roster shakeup, injuries, early, early injuries OS used to come to um, heading uh, that preseason, and then uh, I think we're going to see him start out in right field just solely due to the roster shakeup this year. He's throwing 100 miles an hour now, <laughs> so I, I would love to see somebody try and test his arm. You know, running down to third base, that that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Right. Nolan McLean, and of course, he led OSU in home runs last year, so he's not going to be a guy um, you can you can function without. Designated hitter. This is, you know, the Griffin Dorshing spot um, that is now absent. Guys, uh, Noah Turley is the player we think is going to fill in at designated hitter. He's originally from Yavapai Junior College, Christian Oconosio and Strand's old junior college. Uh, What can you tell us about Noah Turley? Well, um, you know, he played... He played first base last year for Arizona, but I mean, when when I talk with some guys from D1 baseball, he's really you know fits the mold of an outfielder. Um, you know, he's he's not not tiny by any means, but he's slim. Um, you know, he's he's uh, like I said, he's slim, but he hits the ball with a lot of power. Has a lot of power. He had 24 home runs, and it was top 10 in uh, in NJCAA. I think I'm saying that right. Went <laughs> um, during his time at Yapavai. Went to Arizona, got hot early on, um, established himself as an offensive weapon, but struggled towards the end of last year due to a shoulder injury. Struggled with strikeouts, dropped in batting average, um, on base percentage, and you know whatnot. But um, you know he, he had a really good fall for OSU. He did, um, and I think when you're looking at a at a stable designated hitter, I think Turley's definitely one that OSU could fall back on. So we're gonna have in our projection. That's the that's the starting lineup of the of the guys, three newcomers. We almost have, you know, three newcomers themselves in our pitching rotation, our projected pitching rotation. Our projected Friday pitcher is Jerron Watts Brown. Projected Saturday pitcher is Brett Kiesel. Projected Sunday pitcher Ryan Bogues. Right. That's a lot of that's two new guys. OSU's really lost a lot of pitching. Well, let let's break down this pitching. Rotation. Well, I think when you look at Jerron, um, you know he he's a guy that uh, I mean he just strikes people out. 100, 110 strikeouts last year, um, 3.6 ADRA. Had a complete game no hitter against UC Riverside towards the end of last year, and almost did again early or I think at conference tournament play. Um, so, you know I I think when you're looking at a at a probable ace pitcher, I think Jerron's definitely that guy. Um, you know, uh, we watched him early on in the fall. You, you know, you heard about that slider. Um, you got to see it. In, you and I got to see it in first person last mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's deceiving, absolutely deceiving. I mean, it gets guys to chase. Um, it, it's it spins fast. Uh, I don't remember the exact uh, spin rate. It was fast though. Um, I don't want to fudge a number, but you know, in terms of his fastball, he was at 93, 95 consistently. Um, his main issue when I talked to some media guys was. You know, staying consistent in the strike zone, but you know what we saw and what we heard from Josh. I mean, that really wasn't an issue for him in the fall, and might have turned the corner for that. Um, I, I think whenever we look at Jerron and his you know role on the team, obviously we project him as the ace pitcher, but I want to see what he looks like in May. Yeah. Um, as opposed to obviously in, in a week from now. 
of course, Watts Brown was voted the uh, Big 12 Pitcher of the Year. So certainly a, a lofty billing to live up to in the preseason poll. Jansen Kiesel going to come in, we think, and pitch on Saturday for the Cowboys. A player OSU's familiar with, you know, fans who um, remember the BYU series saw Jansen Kiesel pitch a little bit. Guys, what can you tell us about Jansen Kiesel? Well, um, I remember, I remember um, him just watching him in warm-ups and everything last year, or I say last year in the fall. He was throwing a ball 96 mile an hour and just long toss at ease, like it was nothing. Um, you know, fastball heavy. I remember uh, you, he was he was hitting 98, 99 consistently. Um, his breaking stuff isn't as electric as Watts Brown's, but I mean, I think when you're looking at somebody who can stay consistent in the strike zone, I think you know Kiesel definitely fits or fits that mold. And you know, when you can toss 98, 99 miles an hour as a starting pitcher consistently, that's a good asset to have. No doubt. And OSU certainly lost a couple of those guys. You know, with Medeiros, like Ava lighted up, Justin Campbell occasionally getting up there. So certainly something uh, that Kiesel is going to be able to replace. And Sunday, we settled on Ryan Bogus, one of the guys who, you know, OSU fans are familiar with. He's been around a while. Um, maybe now he can take another step now that there's, you know, some, some opportunity in front of him. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, me and D.A., we went to the Big 12 baseball tournament. It seemed like he really kind of caught stride right there, didn't you think, D.A.? seemed yeah. like toward the end of the season he started picking up his game. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I what he pitched, seven, eight innings? Do you, I think it was yeah, eight I th- innings. Yeah, I think it was eight innings. Yeah, against, uh, you know, I mean, that that was uh, towards the end of last year and, uh, you know, really, like Braden said, really started started to catch his stride. I think I think he's going to have to step up due to the, you know, roster shakeup and, bevy of new look faces that she's going to have this year um you know he kind of i i just think the way he emerged last year for osu i think i think that's going to be someone they can rely on whether it be saturday or sunday um i think he's going to provide a good veteran presence for osu early on he could be really important in those big games as you guys talked about he's he's pitched in some big games you know that that tournament you guys are talking about um he has that experience at the big 12 level so i think that's going to be important part of this rotation those are our three projected starters um, in that pitching rotation. Now we want to open it up to everybody on the podcast. Our, our last item here as we break down OSU's baseball's upcoming season, MVP. Who are we thinking? Uh, Braden Bush, we can start with you. Who's your MVP for OSU baseball this season? This is a pretty obvious one, but I think you got to go with the most outspoken, eccentric guy, Rock Riggio, out there on second base, you know. Uh, I mean... All-American first team last year as a freshman. Uh, well, freshman first team. But uh, we were at media day the other day, and was it Marcus Brown that had a Rock Riggio apparel on? Yeah. You know, and he, he said, I'm Rock's biggest fan. And that's that's kind of how the team feels about him, you know. Uh, Josh said he's a guy that lacks no confidence, you know. Coming up from high school, he has all these accolades, you know. He's a pretty confident guy. Um, really started showing what he has toward the end of the year. Uh, so I think he's a guy who probably sticks out. My MVP for OSU this season is going to be Zach Earhart. I think he's going to be, um, I think he's going to have a chance to take it to another level in center field. He's going to have a lot of room to operate. It's going to kind of be um, his outfield, I think. And you know, as Braden Bush said, one of the most consistent players, uh, you know, on all of OSU last season. I think without Jake Thompson, um, without. Uh, some of those other guys in the outfield that, that departed, I think Zach Earhart's going to have a big role, and I think he's going to fill it. Right. Um, you know, my uh, I, when I look at a team MVP, I think it's going to – it starts with 
it starts with pitching and you know, I think uh based on what we saw what we've heard what we've you know heard from national media guys what we've heard from Josh what we've heard from teammates of his I think Jerron Watts Brown especially uh early on and towards the latter part of the season I think he's going to be a big key for LSU success it all starts with pitching ultimately you know that's what you know to to look at uh, another side of the conference that's what that's what got OU to the College World Series last year that's what yeah. got that's what got Texas through so many injuries it faced to the College World Series when everybody honestly turned turned their heads on Texas and um, I think if OSU's going to want to have a, an abundance of success like everyone seems to think this team could I think it's going to start with pitching and I think Jerron's one of those guys with you know his breaking stuff his consistency on the mound I think he's going to be a big piece for OSU um, towards the late pieces of the season. No doubt. Davis, what you got? Who, who's your MVP this season? You know what? <clears throat> I'm glad to be talking. Also, DA, you uh, you said um, pitching. Pitching is key. Pitching is the number one thing. But I have a guy who can also get you runs, too. It's obviously Nolan McClain, um, the closer for this year. He's going to be the utility man. Like you said, we don't know where he's going to play, but he's going to play everywhere. He's going to play everywhere in the field. Um, there's a reason he was a third-round pick. Um, he couldn't come to a deal, so that's why he's back. But, I mean, it's obviously him. He's going to do it on both sides, defense and offense. Nolan McLean, good pick. That rounds out the first episode of the Pin Guys this season. We thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to be back all season with episodes. Daniel's going to be in Arlington for all three days of the college baseball showdown where OSU begins its season against Missouri and then got Vanderbilt and then rounds it out with Arkansas. So be coming back to the pin, guys. Follow us at ocali.com uh, for the best OSU baseball coverage around. We'll see you next time.